Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. You're hearing me and not Ted, and not the both of us, because we had a little bit of a snafu with the recording. So you're not going to get to hear the riveting conversation around F1, uh, our weekends, uh, any other things that sort of we talk about at the beginning of the show, because it's lost to all eternity. I don't even think it's on Twitch. It will only be heard by the, the two of us and producer Brian and no one else ever again. Assume it was the best thing you've never heard. Assume it's like the missing tapes that we, like unlock the Ark of the Covenant or something. Anyway, uh, you're going to get most of the discussion tonight uh, about the Atlanta game. And that's pretty much it. We talk about that. We talk about where the season's going, as a, which is we talk about all the time. So enjoy the rest of the show and be sad you didn't hear the first 10 minutes, which will have changed the course of human history uh, for certain. <laughs> Vamos. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about what happened in Atlanta. Yeah, and you know, uh, to, to sort of add to that, I, I see a lot of the, <laughs> there's a lot of the same responses. I feel like we're going to get this after every loss. Um, this was, in my opinion, the, the Philly game, both Philly games were perfect opportunities to rail against everything about this team. When the team actually does show up, and they do show some signs that the signings they've made might be starting to bear fruit, uh, that the players that we're looking at as potential players that we want back next year, um, that we need back next year, because we can't just completely, <laughs> we can't just completely, uh, you know, forego Says all you. the whole lineup. Says um, you making lots of <laughs> lots of transfers going on in uh, twenty five transfers. It, it, Certainly on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll and we'll and we'll certainly get into that. Um, but you know, it's 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 good to see some of the fight we saw, especially on the road, especially after that Philly game. It's a shame it ends in a bad result, three um, two loss. Yeah, it's it's it is tough in the moment because when you're in that game, you do want you you want to see some wins. Like you want, if nothing matters, you do would want at least want to see some wins. The games still matter in that sense. And, you know, I think even coming down the stretch in 2020, when it was pretty clear the season was over, um, the extended playoffs, I think, helped keep things alive for very longer. But you talk about that win they had against Atlanta. You know, those were particular moments when, you know, there was at least a little bit of happiness. And this season, just it just very much feels like that fight, that fight to really finish the game just really isn't there. Um, and and this, this team had, I feel like, in those bad seasons had, good moments and good players kind of sprinkled out the field. It just kind of wasn't enough. This very much feels like there is one area of the field where there is just, there needs to be a complete tear down and retool. Um, and that's the defensive side of the ball. And that's what it felt like. Honestly, I do like that. We're out of the playoffs earlier this season. I feel like it's, I feel like that's the dumbest part of the season when you know it's over, but no one can admit it's over and yep. they have to make lineup decisions. Like it's not over. So now that's done, right? Now, now we can we can dispatch with the fantasy and actually send out lineups that are indicative of a team that is building for next year. And I think that's good. I think that's, I think that. I mean, the best thing to do is make the playoffs. The second best thing to do is to miss it in so badly that you can <laughs> get a whole half of a season or a third of a season to really shake out what you want to do next year. And I think you know we we're gonna see some of that. I think we could talk about the new roster additions and where they're fitting in. Ravel Morrison has played, I think, in three different spots yep. so far this year. This is his furthest advance, probably. And but he, he, I mean, obviously he gets the goal. Um, I'm, I'm starting to see more. I'm starting to see the progression I would expect, I guess, from a new, from a new signing that isn't an immediate, immediate fit. Um, it's not like Taxi when he came in and was just like immediately clicked, got it. Everything was going through him. Um, you know, he had you know sometimes that happens with players sometimes you know you don't most of the time you don't get that so you hope that right. there is at least some form of progression and i'm seeing that from ravel morrison seeing that from victor paulson seeing that from from chris Durkin, um especially I, I think the midfield i am feeling at least a little bit tiny bit better um about um in and one player that won't be here which we'll get into that in a, in a little bit so let's let's talk lineup here just to yeah. start the game off uh ochoa starts for his second time uh first time on the east coast uh he, remember he was rotated last match uh uh, Rome, uh rafael romo is in the concussion protocol he hurt himself in training so i think 
likely you're not going to see him again. I think that's that. Goodbye. Uh, Andy Nahar, Burnbaum, Alfaro, Guidry in the back line, Durkin, Paulson, Jafal, Morrison, Rodriguez, and Funtas uh, up front. Uh, that's a, I think that's a forward looking lineup. I would say Jackson Hopkins uh, not being there makes it slightly less uh, future forward. Well, this is a little bit more like we got to win now. Mm-hmm. But I would also say that Jackson Hopkins has not impressed very much uh, since he became the full time starter. So, Probably makes sense as well. Also, we've got a game on Wednesday and then a game on Sunday. So they're probably going to sparkle, sprinkle it around. Uh, yeah. Did you like that lineup? The only, yes, mostly. Uh, the only thing, obviously, I did not like about this lineup was the one of the one of the players that is starting in the center back position. And that was obviously Tony Alfaro. Um, I think it is high time that this team move on from Tony Alfaro. It is. And honestly, it was justified by the performance of the defender who didn't even sub in for him, but came into the game and immediately showed the physical prowess and everything that that makes him uh, a player that if he, if he can just figure out that mental side of the game, I think he could be a solid, a solid center back option for this team. And that's Donovan Pines, who had a higher uh, so, rating than him in 10 minutes on the field. Yeah. T- Tony Alfaro was, I guess, fine through through several minutes and then it's it's always moments where you're just like where is he on that mark why 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 is the entire defense leaving joseph martinez as 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 sort of uh i guess blunted in his powers as he normally is like normally he is one of the right. best strikers in the league injuries have hurt him he is not the same person that he was but he is still a threat uh, it's the same thing of like, you know, Wondolowski in his late thirties, you're still going to mark him because he's still a threat. He can still get, get his way around. Um, and really it's just, it really just kind of a, these past few games, both the game against Philly and both the game against uh, Atlanta particularly have just exposed the biggest problem right now is this team is in the center back position. They have to, that should be priority number one to figure out what you're going to do. And it's not going to be easy. Um, I think Alfaro, pretty sure Alfaro is on a one-year contract. I, If I had time, I was going to put together a list of, because DC's contract situation I thought was better than it actually is. Um, but you still got Steve Birnbaum on a $700,000 contract, roughly, oh. heading into next season. I mean, that's like, that. Y- you pay a guy that much, you're expecting like Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman type productivity from him. Um, and we're not getting it. So I don't know what the solution is there. I think if you, I, I think you have you have two hope. The, the best option here would be you leave him exposed, and St. Louis takes him in the expansion draft. The next option is you find a trade for him, but with considering how he's played, how he's very clearly regressed, I don't know what kind of like trade out you're probably going to have to take a chunk of that salary. And if this was a team that had hired a coach with a three year plan, that would probably be acceptable. But you have one year guaranteed maybe <laughs> with Wayne Rooney one season. I mean, this is, we'll see. Uh, but that's, that's the biggest concern I have right now from the team is not only does Afaro look bad. It's fine. Afaro. Goodbye. Let's bring someone else in next year. Um, burn bombs, the trickier story because he's, he's got a guaranteed contract through next season. So yeah, you do have a problem there. Your burn bomb. Uh, it's, it's funny with him. You will find him. He will be, he, I think he's going to be league leader in a, in a few stats, right? Like I think he's number one in like headers, mm-hmm. some dual duels one, like he's still very good in some aspects, but if you look at the overall performance in the year, it's not that it's not a caliber to his, his salary. And that's not his fault. That's just, that's, that's what he missed a year uh, due to number of ankle injuries. And, with him and Hamid, that's $1.4 million on salary that the team is not getting the value that they would expect. And in Bill's case, almost no value out of. So that's a challenge as this team looks to be competitive. They've got dead money on the books. And, yeah. and, and, and there's only, and you know, who you can blame for that in a way you can blame the front office about that long-term contracts for players. Um, ultimately are a decision that is made by the front office. Like, do we want, we're going to give up some of their late prime if we let them go, but when we'll also not be on the hook when they turn to, to a pumpkin. Uh, but in both of those cases, it seems like that's not the case. And Birnbaum, you know, I believe he has value on the team, you know, certainly not at a $700,000 level, but as a, 
I, and he's still beyond the Fred Birnbaum stage. I still think he can be next to another good center back. I think he's fine. I think he's okay. Um, but the problem is we don't have that right now. Brandon Heinzike injured again, broken foot, coming off of a year where he had a broken hip. Neither of those are like soft tissue injuries, but you know, those are, that's not good. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you don't necessarily, you, you assume he comes back at normal, at normal strength after a broken foot. But um, I, I mean, it's the second, <laughs> it's the second year with this team and the second time he will not have play any games past like what July. Yep. June. I forget when he got he when he got injured, but and he got, got signed to a year. new contract, and it wasn't yeah. a year. So the 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 team is the team is somewhat stuck in these positions. Brendan Hines like probably less likely to get a trade or picked up in the expansion draft than Burnbaum, but Burnbaum's salary is going to be such a problem for St. Louis. I don't I don't imagine. I mean, it's way it's way too early to know what the list looks like, whatever. But I I do think I do think with St. Louis they could look at it as we're going to get we have a boatload of allocation money. Buy it down, buy it to buy down his contract and still have room for other moves. It depends on what if, if they are looking to trade within the league, you know, use some of that allocation money like we've seen Charlotte do um, to sort of try to throw their weight around and try to bring in some some players to build out that roster. Um, then I could see them looking at Birnbaum as here's a here's a guy we can bring in. You know, we hope maybe the fresh start, you know, fresh idea, you know, maybe that brings him in and, and he starts playing starts playing better and plays up to that salary. Um, I think Birnbaum's biggest problem is when he is like, he is supposed to be the de facto leader out there on the back line. Um, yes. Brendan Heinzeich, you know, certainly has a lot of European experience. I think he's a, he's a little younger than, um, uh, than Steve Birnbaum, but he's supposed to be that veteran leader. He's the captain of the team. I don't know if he, like, I, I look at, I look at what, I look at what Victor Paulson did after the 6-0 loss and going over to fans. I know that's like, I'm not saying like he has to go do those things, but we have seen big gaps when Birnbaum has been the guy, when he doesn't have another guy who kind of takes over that organizational role, Bobby Boswell, Fred Brilliant, he struggles because he is not that type of defender. He's a very good, uh, he, uh, and even so, like when he had the physical ability, that's clearly gone now. His one good attribute is almost like completely been eroded at this point. So um, absolutely, hundred percent. Fo deserves blame for this, and I think I think it actually. I think these types of contracts they have with guys like Steve Birnbaum, like Bill Hamid, has caused them to reevaluate their loyalty because they were actually a team that was incredibly loyal to players right to the end. Yep. Um, oh God, so many times. Yeah, so many times. Like it was very clear. Like they were on the downswing. They got a new contract and they paid them. Christian and, Gomez may be the exception to that. Almost every other player was able to play until the wheels literally fell off. Yeah, and it's burned them. It's burned them several times. It's burning them right now. Um, so I think this has caused them to sort of reevaluate. It's certainly we've seen the effects of, you know, the effects of, I think, of Eric Williamson and Colin Martin and Michael Seaton have had on how do we, you know, how do we view these young players and when do we sell them or when do we move them? Um, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough. Um, it's tough. I, we'll see what happens. I I could envision a scenario where maybe he's still on this team. I could envision a scenario where Romo's still on this team. Um, they can only buy out one contract, and maybe they look at Romo and say, well, he'll be a backup, and we'll kind of figure out from there. Um, we'll see. Um, very interesting offseason coming up for DC. Yeah, who's back, certainly, more who's interesting, back. certainly more interesting the rest of the season. Yes. Uh, that's, a, that's a for certain. Other, we're not going to do the typical, like, go through the game. You all saw it or you didn't see it. I mean, uh, we can we can talk a little bit about, um, I guess, the only moment of contention was sort of the referee. Our best player being uh, kicked to death? <laughs> Essentially kicked to death. Um, bizarre refereeing decision. I think there was another scenario where there was a, a, a pretty clear pass back from the Atlanta defender to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper picks it up. I think I think the uh, assistant flagged it and said, hey, that's a pretty clear pass back. And the referee was like, nope, not interested. And then Wayne says, are you sure? And he said, well, I have to be 100% sure. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, that was 100%. Yeah, that was what that was. <laughs> that was, I mean, I mean, I don't think that would have like, changed the game or anything, but it's a real bizarre there's been a lot of talk about that rule and, and what it or that law and what it represents and you know what it's designed to do and it's it's very clear that some referees just have no interest in um 
in trying to enforce it. So weird situation. Um, then obviously there's a play where it was a pretty clear foul on taxi. He then runs right into the, I'm not sure who the Atlanta player was right into the leg. Um, yeah, that was not good. He's has concussion protocol. So he is probably out for two weeks, um, which is really, really a shame because theoretically we should have Christian Benteke here. And I think that is a partnership where you want as many games as you can to have taxi link up with Christian Benteke. So, yeah. Uh, Ochoa played pretty well. I think we can, we can draw that from this game. Uh, you would say in a, in a match where you put three past him, uh, I would say none of them were his fault. So there's that. I think he made, he made probably three game saving goal saving that goal saving. Well, obviously every save you make is a goal saving save, uh, but saves that a typical goalkeeper are, are not going to make. That is, that is my take. So I think that, uh, that would be great if we could sign him. Steve Goff had today that uh, he's entered into discussions around a new contract. I'll be surprised if it actually happens uh, because I think that he's got a lot of leverage right now. I mean, theoretically, he's got theoretical leverage. We don't know how many of these like rumors about his of interest uh, across this, across the pond or Mexico are real. Granted that he now has two games of tape in the last 24 months uh, or not 24 months, I- 14 months. No, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, hmm. I'll be honest with you. I'm about, I'm about 50, 50 on it. I don't, I don't take, I try not to read into how a player looks, how, how they're acting, I guess, on the field, because sometimes unless your name is Lucho Acosta. Yeah, unless, (laughs) I guess, unless your name's Lucho Acosta. Um, I don't really take, I try to like, everybody's like, oh, wow, he clearly doesn't want to be here. And I think like sometimes we're projecting our thoughts, our um, projecting our, you know, what how we feel about the team onto like what's going on. I mean, if he is spending, he's spending most of his time in training. He's spending most of his time around the team. That might be going fantastic for him. And he's like, you know, like I understand things are tough right now. I'm also, I'm also very clearly under the understanding that, um, that, uh, very clear on the understanding that this is hopefully going to get better. And, you know, this team clearly doesn't bring in Wayne Rooney if they don't put a lot of resources into it. And I'm seeing those resources. Um, also, I mean, goalkeepers, not, it's not a position. It is a unique position in that there is literally, if you're a goalkeeper, there is one position you can play. You're not a holding midfielder that can sometimes play a winger. And then you get, you know, go off to a team and maybe you'll play one position. Maybe you'll play the other. It just might depend on when there's an opening for you. You can get subbed in. So, you you know, you, if you are the goalkeeper, you are expecting to play the whole game. And if you are not starting, so I could see that weighing on him. Yes. He might go to Barcelona and maybe he, unless he, I, I think he does not go to Europe unless he has an agreement in place where there's a loan somewhere where he can play. Um, and I think that would be, that'll be, what I would do if I was a goalkeeper going to one of these bigger clubs is I'd be like, look, I'm, I'm not 18, 19. I'm not Gaga Slovenia, Slovenia. I can't even pronounce that right. I'm not 17, 18, 18 years old where I have a couple years where maybe being at a top level training is going to do me good. I'm, you know, 21, you know, I need to be getting minutes. I need to be getting game. 21 time. is like an um, infant as a goalkeeper. It's it, yes. He's, he's, got, he's got potentially like 18 more years at the top at the top level. Uh, very true very true but i will say that you know i think he he is a type of guy also who wants to play and i don't think he's happy with just going to train also you got to think too he's also thinking about he's declared for the mexican national Mm -hmm. team right now um the other ochoa who plays at club america has probably a lockdown on that like number one spot but this is also probably his last year so he's probably thinking if I'm in, I've already lost a whole year where I have not been playing. I've not been able to even glimpse the lineup. If I'm even going to get close, I need to be playing. I need to be playing games. If I want to start building myself up for 2026 to potentially be on that World Cup roster, I think DC stands a pretty good chance of signing him. I do think they will need to probably pay him a pay him more than what they think they're going to need to pay him to get him to sign. So I think there's a I, I think the money is probably going to decide this more than 
anything about what's going on with the team. Oh, for sure. Um, it is money. It is, yeah. it is money. Money to him is respect. Uh, I think that that is clear. Yeah. I advise everyone to read the Jeff Carlisle and, piece on ESPN mm-hmm. to get a real understanding of what went wrong at RSL. To the point, I think, you know, he's young. 22 is young. He said 22, right? He's yes. young. 21. I think he's That's like a baby. That is say. like an infant of a person. And he got mad at his team and became a jerk. And his teammates wanted to code red him in the locker room and would go to the front office and be like, get this joker out of here. We do not want him here. He's not training hard. He's not taking it seriously. And then Pablo Mastroni sends him to uh, the USL side and says, you can get back. All you got to do is practice for like five weeks. Practice every every time. Go to practice. And then you can come back. And he couldn't do that. Could not be bothered to do that. So there's a reason we got him for $75,000. It's because he was he made himself a serious problem at that club to 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 because he was not happy with the contract it was disrespectful so it'll be very interesting to see what this contract looks like does he want all of bill hamid's $700,000 probably um does he deserve it based on his track record i don't know maybe you got you got to look at like how how much is this guy bought in if you're going to bill hamid got that contract because he was a club legend and he was he had displayed over years that this team was less without him than they were with him. So it was clearly like pay him what it takes to stay. That's what you got to do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I I think that for him, you know, we don't know these players at all. I've not even done any press with him before. So I really don't know him whatsoever. I've not getting any calls on him, but I think the ego would, would enjoy the Barcelona move. Regardless of necessarily, I think he thinks if he can get in that training session with Zavi, he can win the first, he can win the number one shirt no matter what. Like that, I think he's got that. I mean, you, you need that level of some, somewhat delirious confidence. But I also think that his ego of wanting to be in the biggest stage and that he deserves to be in the biggest stage might pull him away from DC unless they drop a bag on him. So we'll see. I think that that's, I think that that's really because without him, it's just Romo and Kempen. And then maybe you sign, maybe you sign one of the Zamudio from Loudon. And that, despite what some people in Discord would tell you, is not the position you want to find yourself going in in 2023. <laughs> I don't care. That's a, that's a, that is that is insufficient as a David Osted esque sort of like goalkeeping situation. Cannot do it. So anyway, I, I think I think based on what based on what we've seen in in a couple, you know, again limited limited appearances. I do not see how how you do not want David Ochoa here because that is a massive, massive hole that you have yep. to fill. And right now I'm like, okay, well then who else, who else are you going to take? Are you going to burn another international slot on a goalkeeper that then could go possibly elsewhere in the field? Um, I think DC, you can maybe negotiate a little bit, but I think you pay pretty close knowing that he probably still has suitors. Now, again, I, I question whether those suitors are still available. If you are a team if you are a team like Barcelona, like Real Madrid looking at or Manchester United or wherever those top European teams that were looking at him and you see a goalkeeper that basically burned a whole year due to conflicts with management, conflicts with coach. That's a massive, massive red flag for any of those teams because they they will sign you with the idea that you are a goalkeeper, maybe who might be good, you know two, three years down the line. If you have a guy who's impatient, a guy who, you know, doesn't, you know, that, that would be something that you would have to address and assess. So honestly, I do not, I do not think, um, personally, I do not think that those suitors might still be around. I think those suitors might've evaporated as soon as he started not seeing the field and really not training either. Like he was such, he was such, so I, I think, Maybe DC's position might be a little bit stronger than we think. Um, but again, he's also a free agent. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some other European sides that lower European sides that might be willing to take more of a flyer. Speaking of him, other so. suitors we'll evaporating and European suitors, uh, we have a transfer news to talk about. Uh, former mm-hmm. uh, uh, 4-4-2 best players under 21, top 100 players in the United States or in the world. Uh, Moses Nyman has been transferred to the Belgian second division side SK Beveren. We, I'm sure we have uh, Belgian listeners. Uh, I know that we had we had some people who who spoke Flemish 
uh, when we when we when Hernan was coming here. So who knows if you're still listening? If you are, tell us. I'm sure we're saying it wrong. Uh, but let's talk about it. So three three hundred fifty thousand dollars neighborhood uh, of a transfer fee, sell on fee of twenty five percent. Should Beverin move him along in the next, I guess, ever? What was your what was your snap reaction to this, and what where are you at now? Is it the same place? Because we know this has been coming for about a about a week. So, like, if we, I think when we all we all see these signings, we're about to talk about another signing that's coming in in the yep. door um, for DC, a big one too, a big a big get for 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 DC United. I think when these guys get signed, we all have this this vision of we want to see we want moments like we got that with Kevin. We had several moments where we saw like the talent sort of being realized and we got memories that we can attach those players to. Um, And I think this one hurts because he not only was this guy like not only was Moses Diamond like highly touted amongst U.S. soccer circles, he got recognition from like outside international media, which at the time was like, you know, something that hardly ever happens. Um, he was identified as a top 100 wonder kid in the world. Like he was a guy that people were saying was going to be incredible. And we just, we never really saw that for DC. You know what my two um, moments for he, him he, on the field are? Two red, the two Correct. red cards. That's what I remember. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I think clearly I, I'm happy with, I'm happy with the fact like the alternative here would be he sits on the bench again. This team is very clearly signed two guys that play his role. Um, two guys that are definitely not going to sit on the bench. If they are healthy and fit, they will play. And that's Victor Paulson. And that is um, Chris Durkin. Uh, Chris Durkin. Chris Durkin and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Ravel Morrison Remember as well. Russell Canals? I think what I, yeah, Russell Canals too. We'll see. I'm not we'll sure. See. I think I saw him on the bench one time. <laughs> so, I don't know. So because of his position, you know, I think he maybe doesn't get he's not going to get the looks that I think he's going to get. So I think it's a good it is a good thing with all that that the team said, you know what, let's go ahead. Let's let's, you know, get him to a place where he has a chance to maybe break through. Um, It's not the greatest. It's not maybe all that we thought was going to happen. We thought maybe he would he would develop more at this point, Uh, but we at least get something for him. And then, you know, we can hopefully then get that, you know, that sell on fee. Should he actually prove the talent that he has? Um, I think this also, this also probably, I think they are starting to listen more to some of their younger players. I think, I think if, if five, four or five years ago, if a younger player comes in, like a Michael Seaton comes in and says, I want to get out of here. I want to, I want to either play me and or find them me somewhere else to go. <laughs> over, over historically. <laughs> Yeah, over historically, I think they're now starting to listen a little bit and say, you know what? Yeah, let's you know, if it's really not working out here, let's let's find a move here. Let's figure out a place where they can go where maybe they can develop. And then it doesn't preclude them from coming back. Clearly, we saw it with we, we saw it. We saw it with and Chris Durkin and and he, he has come back as a better player, I would say. And yeah. so best case scenario, he takes off at the second division side. Maybe they get promoted to the Belgian first division. Maybe he moves on to another Belgian side that's scouting him. And and maybe he then he then gets sold on for even more um, down the road. Like maybe that's his trajectory. Uh, the twenty five percent I, I kind of posted is kind of an oof. I, I was hoping for something in the realm of thirty thirty five percent. Twenty five percent seemed a bit low for me, but I think maybe it's more of a what well, we think. Like once he shows how good he is, that he will then be worth well more than that, and well more than probably we would we would have gotten on an initial transfer anyway. We'll see. Um, He's still young. I think it's been disappointing that he hasn't developed much, but yeah, John, I, I'm sorry. I talked no, a lot, so I'll let no, you know. No, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, to me, it feels like a failure of player development. And that is a thing that I can say, aside from Kevin Predes, is a, is a story with young players. I think it's about getting this guy minutes somewhere, not letting him sit on the bench for two seasons. Uh, he played one game at Loudoun this year. He has been injured some mm-hmm. of these matches, but uh, I think Jason Anderson had the stat up. There were 29 games in which he was not in the injury report and was not on was not on the field, or even sometimes in the 18. So is he training horribly? Maybe I don't know. Uh, if he is, then maybe he needed a loan move to sort his sort his butt out. Maybe he needed to go somewhere else and, and earn it somewhere. 
maybe he maybe he maybe his head got too big from being in a four four two top one hundred player in the world. I don't know, but I do think that a player that previously had higher value, and you don't parlay that into either a player that you use or a player that you sell for that or more money, is a failure in development, one way or the other. Is the pl- so the other option is the player just disappointed? That is no one's fault except for I guess Moses, if anybody. I don't know. We can't know. It, it, it's 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 frustrating. I think uh, Roach tweeted something uh, saying like we're almost there. We got three out of the four, and it was something like you know sign or, or, or like find young kids in the academy, uh, give them give them options to develop at Loudon, sign them to contracts. And then the last one that we haven't done for enough of these players is have them be useful contributors to the starting 11 and giving them lots of minutes and letting them develop at DC United. So we haven't figured that part out yet. I think that's true. Kevin Paredes is the rare exception, the rare success story. Griffin Yao sold well, for $100,000. Um, really, really. The, 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 the difference is there is, is I think, I think the biggest, the biggest thing is, is that we, I don't know if it's a lack of patience or because, I mean, let, let's not deny that Nyman did have opportunities. He was given opportunities to be out there on the field and to try to get minutes and to sort of get a grasp on that spot. I would argue some of the same opportunities that Kevin Paredes got and Kevin Paredes took advantage of that and played well, you know, did well to show that, hey, I deserve a sparting spot here and I deserve to unseat a guy like Joseph Mora, who we all thought coming in was probably going to occupy that left back spot. And, um, you know, Kevin Prentice came in and took it from him. Um, I think we, I, we were all waiting for Moses Nyman to do the same with, with, uh, with Russell Knauss. Like he was supposed to be the guy that was sort of grab that spot and say, no, this is my spot. Um, and, and I would argue he never really did that. So, I think the problem is, is that Philly is willing to throw those guys out there, give them multiple chances. And I'm not necessarily in the DC did the right thing. I'm just saying, I think the, our biggest problem right now is we still have not, we still do not, we, we are, we're still very low tolerance for errors. And Moses Lyman came in and made some bad errors. Like he got two sent off in two games, two games. And uh, as a Ryan DC, Perez only has to unseat one player. Nyman only had to jump over five players. I would right now. Yes, I would disagree with that to start the season. And in 2021, he was he had maybe two guys in there, Gina Moreno and Russell Knauss, that he had to really jump over. And the rest of that was just kind of like what Drew Skundrich. Are we saying like Drew Skundrich is a is a player you necessarily have to jump over? It's gotten it's it's much, much different now. And I think that is a a product of the fact that Moses Nyman never really made that next step. Um, I will fight the idea that he had an, a long run in the squad. I'm looking at sort of his game logs from. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even saying he had a had a had a long run in the squad. I am saying that he got opportunities in moments, and when you get those opportunities in moments, you need to seize them. You need to go out and you need to you need to make the most of them. You need to show. And what what did what what do we what do we remember about him? Two moments he got sent off. He may off. have he got he a red may card. Nearly have as many starts as Jackson Hopkins has already total in his career. That might that might be looking at the times he went ninety. He went ninety five times in his career and went over seventy, maybe eight or t- eight or nine times. Uh, so I don't know, man. I, there there's something to that. I think that if he's if the value if you've you know, if the value is there, you're trying to develop the value. You got to maybe like, like you said, put up with the, put up with mistakes a little bit more often. Two red cards suck. They're not good. Uh, and, and both of those games, it turns out we did no one of them. We didn't lose. Um, but I don't know. It, it doesn't, it, it doesn't matter in the scheme of things because, uh, this is Jeremy Gray is the, is the new golden child and everyone's talking about him <laughs> potentially, you know, Maybe he'll be the top 100 youth player uh, in 2022, and then we can start this start this whole circus over again. But he had, unlike Moses Nyman, he had an extensive run, and is having an extensive run, playing every every game for as many minutes as possible at Loudon. Uh, and and that's something Moses never really got. Moses and Griffin Yao were, and this was partially a result of COVID, couldn't go back and forth between Loudon and DC United and mostly just sat and gathered cobwebs on the DC United bench. 
So yeah. that probably hurt the development too, and that's no one's fault. Anyway, let's let's get to the let's get to the new player we signed. The new, the next the next wonderkin. <laughs> the next wonderkin uh signing is uh Christian Fletcher, homegrown signing. He's 17 years old. Um played at uh played at Bethesda Soccer Club, a huge soccer club around around the DMV area. Uh was a guy who apparently was starting to get looked at by Man United, by the Bundesliga side. Um and uh by Bundesliga side. I, I, I think it was Bayern. I thought it was was it it was a buyer. Was a Borussia Dortmund. It was one of the two. One of the a big team sides that was could looking beat at us him. by thirty. Goals <laughs> probably, probably. If we're playing like we're played, we played against Philly. Sure, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Christian Fletcher. Um, haven't I honestly have not watched much of him. Just know he is a a good talent and another guy. I've seen maybe a couple of so them. Yes. I believe I he scored been... two and uh, maybe three. But one of them was a one of them was a bit of a golasso. So. I have watched a little bit of Loudon, a little bit more than Ted, but certainly not as much as probably some of our listeners and certainly not as much as, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> a lot of people. Probably there are there are many people who have seen him more. Uh, I've noticed the mistakes that he makes are uh, mistakes that a young player makes. There's some lazy passing in the buildup. Uh, he does not get dispossessed usually. I, I've not noticed that as a problem. But the good thing about him is that he is very confident in his ability to shoot. Uh, and that was always Lucy Rushton so- said that she one of the big things she looks at in signing a player is shots per 90 because they figure if we're not shooting, we're not scoring. I would say that isn't certainly not uh, translated to the on the field performance for 2020 D- DC United, who <laughs> neither shoot nor score for the most part. Uh, but that it, that is something that is very exciting. And thinking about a player who is not a traditional number nine, but is a, as a winger, could play as a 10. Uh, it gets a chance to learn from Wayne Rooney. I think that's great for a young attacking player to get that opportunity. The fact that he's being signed and it will be in uniform on Wednesday against New York City is wild. It means that, A, uh, for sure, Taxi's not playing. <laughs> Taxi is definitely out on the concussion. But it also says that Wayne is looking at these young players and saying, I'm here for 12 months, folks, 12 more months. So if you've got any talent that I can utilize in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, you know, Loudon or wherever else, I'm taking them. I'm signing them and I'm going to put them forward and see, see what happens. I'm not, I'm not going to be patient uh, with that. He obviously did not Moses is a different story, but attacking players, uh, Jackson Hopkins, also pot- potentially Matai Akambone, who has played uh, 97 minutes for Loud United. So not a Jeremy Gray uh, situation, but has played with the uh, Academy uh, for a couple of years, a defender. Uh, Rooney is Rooney is saying, I'm going to fill these spots. There's not going to be any empty spots in this roster. Let's, let's take advantage of the, of, of the team, of the, you know, yeah. young, young players that we're producing. Yeah. He's also, apparently he's moving on to, um, Matea. Oh, I can, sorry. You just said that. Sorry. I pre- sorry. appreciate that. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's moving on to other, to other attacking talents that shows his ability to, to develop younger players. You know, I, I think, I think again, this this still speaks to a positive aspect of the team that they are they now have the ability to attract these players in to sign them, and I think even even though I I am sad that the Mo, that Moses Nyman we never got to see Moses Nyman really develop into a first team player, it is still positive from a messaging perspective to these young prospects that look if it's not working out we're not gonna you know. We won't extend you know, your contract. We like, won't pick up your options and sit you on the bench for your entire career. We yeah, will not Jalen Robinson we will, you. Yeah, we will not just like throw you throw you to the side and say, "Ah, oh, well, you know, got you got to break through." It's just not if it's not working. We're going to find value for you. We're going to send you somewhere, and you know, we're going to give you opportunities to go elsewhere. And that's an opportunity you get to come play for your hometown team. And if you show well, you then get that bigger move. And I think that the carrot is still there for that. If you do well enough, if you come out and play like Kevin Paredes did and a team comes and says, Hey, we'll offer 10 million for you. Yep. We'll sign you. If it's not working, well then we'll find something else for you that, you know, and you can still get that pathway to Europe. That pathway to Europe is still there. You have opportunities to float between loud and United and DC, where you can still get professional minutes. You, we, we will help you in that development path. And I think that is still a very, very positive thing. And I think it's reflected in the guys that they've been able to bring in. I would say five years ago, Christian Fletcher's off to Dortmund or wherever he was off to. Honestly, he was probably he would probably be on the on the plane already there at this. Wayne point. was a selling point. Or he would say 
Wayne is a selling point because he puts eyes, international yes. eyes on DC United that otherwise should not be watching the last place team in MLS. We should not fair enough. We should yeah. not have write-ups in the sun, which we do. We should not. That should not be a thing, but we do. So that's that's great. Christian Benteke, another player that will be available, hopefully, potentially, likely on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, he went through he went through uh, preseason with Crystal Palace, so uh, fitness shouldn't be a problem. I think Wayne wants twenty minutes out of him. That'd be great. Uh, if not that, he'll be available on Sunday against Colorado, his first big home game. That'll probably be a start. Let's let's hope let's hope for the good things. We've got to, uh, we I want to roll through these questions real quick because we have yep. uh, despite it being another loss and saying the games don't matter, we <laughs> we, we, we milk that for hey 50 man minutes. There's still news. There's still news. To R.J. Talk about. Olson says the dominant take on social media seems to be that DC United needs to completely overhaul the defense. Is this your take too? What would you do yes. with the current defense? Who would you keep <laughs> and who would you let go? We talked a little bit about that about what can be done with some of these players most of whom who are under contract and cannot just be let go and most of whom will not be bought out. Uh, I'm trying to think who, who the buy, who the buyout gets used on. Does it get used? We've never actually done it. Have we? We've never actually utilized the buyout. Have we? I think, I don't think so. Well, we have, I think, I think we did, we did it on, um, um, who was the goalkeeper 2018 before Hamid came in. Oh, got bought out right now. I would like for like $5 or whatever. Either way. But yeah, so, that was a buyout. Okay, so it could be done. In my mind, in my mind, the buyout, the buyout has to be, uh, it has to be Rafael Romo. If I'm being honest, because Rafael Romo takes up an international slot, that is like an extra two hundred fifty thousand on whatever salary he is making uh, that you have to go account yep. for if you're using up that spot. Birnbaum is a. Let's meet with him and see if he has some value elsewhere. I think he still would have some value elsewhere in the league, and I think even if. Even if it's really like we want to go in a different direction, we want to find some new defenders. We got some free agents on the market that we think we can bring in and we can convince to come here. Uh, let's go trade him, and we will take half his salary. We will take a half at. We will take half his salary as sunk cost if you if you free up that roster slot and give us some extra room that we can go out and sign somebody. So I think that could be something you could see happen. Um, you could see happen this year with this team, or maybe you know you can bait uh st louis to taking him up tony O'Farr, i think is he's only on a one-year contract he's sammy gone gidry. Uh, uh sammy gidry i, I think i i want to see him stay he's the one guy i don't want to see like, him ever start i think he is a good spot starter right now i think he's been i think he has been fine um what about um the newly converted i think either right back or left back um from the attack, and I am so blinky. Well, obviously, like we talking about Nadine Nahar, Kamardi Smith. Yes, Kamardi Smith. Do you want him back? Yeah, I mean, they, t- the team loves him. He'll be. He'll. He, he'll. He will remain. I think. I think that's for the certain. big question. The big question I have is, man, where's that green card? <laughs> Can we get that green card? Can we free up your international slot there, buddy? Uh, same with Jafal as well. We get that green card, and we get that free up roster slot. Let's go. Like keep absolutely keep them on the roster. The fact that they're using up the international slot is 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 what a about challenge. Samake? I think. No, no, right? I mean, yeah. I think no. that was. I think. I think they got a little bit too confident in their in Ryan Martin's uh, description of Samake yeah. when they signed him to the actual uh, club deal. Yeah, I think. I think. Um, Sammy, I think, has been better than I think someone to give him credit for. I like think me. he brings something going forward. I've not been completely disappointed in him. Do I think he's perfect or do I want him starting week in, week out? Probably not. I'd love to see some other options in there. Um, but as a but as a sort of backup option, he I don't think he's terrible. And I think with a better defensive core of center backs, I think he will be fine in 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 Pines that role. keep, so, yes. Yep. Yeah, I think so. I think Chris you have to. some keep, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're gonna have to. You're, you're spending a lot of money elsewhere if, if you're replacing center back. So I feel like as a depth option at least. Uh, and then Andy Nahar, obviously, you keep. And Brennan yeah, Heinzike. So Brennan Heinzike, we have injury concern. Brad Smith, injury concern, coming off an ACL, coming off his second ACL, for a player that you spent eight hundred thousand in allocation money on to play for you two thirds of one season and then potentially nothing else. That's another eight. That's another front office uh, blunder you can hang on someone's neck not the injury, but the fact that that's, that's what was paid and that's what we get. 
Uh, well, Brendan Brendan Heinzike is here through 2023. By okay, the way, so next year so with with a club option in 2024, I think he I think he survives. I think he stays. I think his 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 contract cannot be that expensive. That I think he stays. Um, I think uh, uh, <laughs> Hayden Sargis. Oh, do we keep him? <laughs> not is he is he on a is he on a DC United deal? Yeah, no, he is. Nope, absolutely not. He has he has not shown for uh, he has not shown at all for for Loudon. Literally. Yeah. Literally. I mean, has he been, has he's he's at COVID. Been, has he been playing? He's, he's at COVID. Okay. And then, but when he plays, he is not sharp. He's not the all USL player. They can't, he was touted to be from, from Sacramento. So. Bleh. I, I mean, it can't be, I think it is. He's played eight matches so far for. Not for enough. Loudon. Um, yeah. Not enough. Got to Got to go. 17 years old too. He's still young though. He's still twenty. With twenty years old, twenty years old. Then, okay, then still young. put him on lap. Then take him off your take him off your roster. Like, but he can't. I mean, again, he can't be that expensive. I mean, he's probably taking up a roster yes. slot, maybe a supplemental slot. But anyway, know, we'll so see. there are probably lots not. of there are lots of players to bring in there, and 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 only so many that we can move out. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I think Brad Smith will be injured. Will, will be not renewed. So that's one spot and a lot of money on 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 salary. Uh, I think that. We're gonna to try to see what we can do with Steve. <laughs> I think you can't have that that Steve Brennan uh, pairing. I think that I think that that's based on the way that uh, that Wayne wants to play and where the performance has been. You got to figure something out. Uh, next question. Oh, okay. Well, just overall, is the sale of Moses Nyman a success or a failure, or somewhere in between? Even if it's leaning towards failure, are there positive stake? We we definitely went through this. I think uh, yeah. somewhere in between. I think is probably it's a failure of development, but a success in moving a player on for something that maybe was trending towards, you know, not being able to contribute because he wasn't able to contribute. Uh, Mark Rickling says, is the remaining of our season really meaningless? Doesn't matter if there's evidence or not. Wayne system is taking hold with the players we've got now, many of whom will be central to our team next year via tangible results in the remaining games. I think I messed up the text there, but uh, is the rest of our season meaningless because of the fact that we are looking at, Lots of these players taking in Wayne's system. I think from the midfield up, maybe one more player, one more big time player gets brought in. Um, I think this team went out and said, let's figure out the midfield. Let's figure out the attack mostly. And we can we can look to maybe get one more big time player. Maybe they look defense for that player, too. I mean, I wouldn't shock me if. You know, John Brooks is heading in and doesn't get the time he wants, and then they want to drop him a designated player contract to bring him in. I mean, it wouldn't, it would not honestly shock me. I don't think that's the route is they he go. At San Jose, but where did he go? Is he is he still a free agent? He, he so he's still a free agent. There were rumors he was going to um, Saudi Arabia, oh. and then and then uh, I think Union Berlin apparently. Uh, I mean, I think he was kind of what the what he was saying was basically he was kind of holding out for deadline day when you know injuries start to get picked up. And then there's a team that loses a guy that they want as a starting center back. And they're like, you know, crap, we need somebody where who's who has Bundesliga experience we can bring in. And so I think Union Berlin, I think maybe um, maybe looking to bring him in. Um, I think I saw that in a, a rumored tweet, but uh, a tweet nonetheless. Um, so he's still a free agent from what I can tell. I don't think there's been anything official that's that's sort of dropped in. Um, but I think from the midfield up into the attack, I think there are still some some gleams of like learning the system. And I think that was kind of the goal was, you know, we know we want to sign Benteke. Let's build out the rest of this midfield. We know we're going to have to, we're going to have to address every aspect of this field. So where do we want to focus this window? And I think it was a prime focus on the midfield and the attack. And I think we'll see if it's successful. Um, I think if this team goes out and, you know, starts to put together, they've looked better offensively in portions of the past two games I talked about the first 35 minutes in Philly. I think those are positive things that we can get to look forward to um, as we, as we sort of move forward Um, and seeing some, you know, Fletcher might probably going to get some minutes. Maybe he comes out and puts the ball in the back of the net. And suddenly we have a whole nother discussion on the player that I'm thinking about. And this, this will draw me scorn from one particular person on Twitter who that we at the show has blocked all 9,000 of his, of his uh, aliases. But I would love a player on the bench or on the team that can, fill at least 40% of taxi Funtas's uh, skill set. Should he be unavailable? So a creative midfielder, this, the thing in my mind, the last time DC United had a backup number 10 for lack of a better word is Julian Boucher. And that is dating me a little bit, but <laughs> thinking, thinking about thinking back, 
if if Lucho Acosta was injured, you had no other player that could really step in and and you could play the same way. Uh, he was just such a he was such a unique skill set on the team. I think you should when you build a team out, do your best to build a roster where if any one player goes out, you can stick to the game plan that you want to stick with and not have to go to plan B right away. And that's hard. It's harder to do in practice uh, in reality than, you know, than theory. But that is when, when taxi went out, granted, we were still able to put goals on the, on the in, but the, the style of play changed a little bit. We were not carrying the ball through the middle whatsoever. That was out that we were not going to be doing that anymore. Um, so that I would like to see that if you're looking at changes you can make going forward, Ola remains interesting uh, with a player whose contract is out at the end of the year. So we'll be interested to see what they, he's, he scores goals. He did it again. He's a Fox in the box. He can, he, he will score. He might get to double digits by the end of the year. It's possible. So yeah, it's, it's, very it's possible. not, it's not insane. If they figure out a way to keep him on a reasonable contract, it's not as much as it might drive some, some fans insane, but I think, you know, Christian Benteke. Is- I mean, he came. He came. He came in. He came in for uh, for um, Taxi Puntas and makes you know a smart run offensively. That's really been actually the one thing that's been missing from this team is somebody who's willing to make those kinds of runs in the box. I don't think that is Taxi Puntas' skill nope. set um, is his ability to kind of make those runs into the box, and he did it very effectively off a great cross from Chris Durkin that, and he buried it right into the back of the net. So. Um, we need that type of guy, and, and hopefully Benteke is that can be can come in and be that guy. So um, I agree with you. I, I would, yeah, I, I would I would like to see this team. I think this team needs to go out. They need to buy down Paulson yep, to Tam level, open up that designated player spot, and go get somebody somebody big. There needs to be one more big time player that comes in here spend transfer money, do whatever you have to do to get that person in here. I'll be very curious to see, um, you know, Hey, they reached out to Jesse Lingard. Maybe Jesse Lingard's season with Nottingham forest starts going down a path and they're like, you know what? We want to cut bait on this. So they look for transfer. could happen. <laughs> could absolutely happen. You never know. And, uh, folks, well, that's going to about do us. I want to make sure that we talk about uh, our Patreon, patreon.com slash RFK refugees. We've had a bunch of new people join us in the last couple weeks. The benefit there is you get the show immediately as soon as it's done. So if you're not a person that watches Twitch live stream and you want to, and you get the show on Monday night, that's a benefit for you. You also get kindred spirits a couple days, a couple days early. Uh, we have exclusive player interviews that have a seven day window of exclusivity. We're going to talk to Sean Howe this week, the director of scouting for DC United. So our Patreons get to submit questions uh, for those interviews ahead of time. And we make sure to always include those. So if you can join us, we'd appreciate it. We think it's uh, we think it's a good value for money. Patreon.com slash RFK refugees. If you are joining us live right now on Twitch, we always encourage you to subscribe to the channel. If you're not subscribed to anybody else, or if you are subscribed to somebody else, you can always join us right there on the bottom right of your bottom right of your screen. That makes it so that it's worthwhile us doing this live stream because sometimes uh, sometimes it's a, a struggle. Sometimes there's technical difficulties. Brian is over there pushing buttons on his new fancy stream deck. Uh, things things happen. So uh, we appreciate you joining us on Monday nights, taking time out of your busy lives to listen to us yammer about a last place team in MLS. And when we're about to do Kindred Spirits, a last a nearly last place team in NWSL. So we've got you know we're covering the gamut of uh, bad soccer. Uh, in in the United States, so we appreciate you joining us every week and downloading our podcast. Yep, absolutely. We really appreciate you all. Um, you guys make the show great. We love the new patrons we got in. We love the we love the the interaction we get from you guys during games and everything like that. It keeps us going in this another bad unbel- season, unbelievable another bad season down the drain that that is that is mercifully coming to an end. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we will catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.